Hello, and welcome to the Public Procurement Podcast with me, Pedro Tells. The interview today is about public procurement reform in Latin America. To this end, I'll be talking with Ana Calderón Ramírez, PhD fellow at the Maastricht Graduate School of Governance, and also someone with significant experience working at the Inter-American Development Bank. Currently, Ana is studying in depth the creation and establishment of public procurement regulatory and monitoring entities in Latin America. She co-authored a paper entitled Elements of Public Procurement Reform and Their Effect on the Public Sector in Latin America and the Caribbean, which was selected for a Best Paper Award in the International Public Procurement Conference 7, which happened last month in Bali. Hello, Anna. Welcome to the program. Hello. Thank you so much for inviting me. My pleasure. So, Anna, let's start by talking about your research and the paper that you've published with two colleagues. What is the background behind that paper? So what led you to, to actually write it? Well, I must say first that the story of the paper started with the research in which I have been working as part of the PhD studies at the School of Governance in Maastricht University, as you mentioned before. When I was starting to explore the topics that I wanted to study, it appeared very interesting to analyze the elements of the procurement reform in Latin America and the Caribbean region including the improvements of regulatory frameworks, the adoption of electronic government procurement tools, and the creation of specialized regulatory and monitoring procurement entities. In doing that, I was looking for data, quantitative data, to know and to understand a little bit more the historical patterns of the reform. And when that happened, one of my colleagues and friends, Jorge Muñoz, who is the other author of the paper, he happens to be an econometrist specialized in public sector, he told me about the PRODEV evaluation data set that is compiled by the Inter-American Development Bank, and it compiles the indicators related to the advances in public management in the region. So we started with him to check if there were any patterns or relationships in the reforms that have been happening and the improvements with other indicators or variables, including public expenditure or institutional strengthening. A year ago, we found out that the creation of those procurement agencies was very relevant during the period of 2007 and 2013. Then we were talking with the other author, uh, Leslie Harper, who is a well-recognized fiscal specialist at the bank. Um, with Jorge and Leslie, we started to have conversations after work thinking, well, what we can do with these indicators to meet the demands of our client countries, that we're asking for more information on these issues and the gaps that are in the literature. So we decided to write a paper for the procurement conference number seven, finding out, uh, looking for the relationships or effects that the improvements of public procurement system have in the public sector and the perception, I should say, of the perception of public sector performance in our region. So I should say, and I should reiterating that this is a totally a team effort that combines policy and research. Sure, it makes perfect sense. But you got the idea to do that paper based on your work at the bank or based on your research, academic research that you're doing for your PhD? Well, it's a mix, you know, because when I started the PhD, as I mentioned it, I started to look for these data sets. And we found, when I was doing the research for the PhD, I found some good things. And then talking to Leslie, who was my boss, I said, well, we have so many clients needing information, policy information, we should do something with this. And she said, great. So it's when you find a two ways 
that they meet together, you know, you policy and research. So it was the two things. Very well. Talking about the research that you've done in a little bit more mm-hmm. detail, why is it important and what aims were you trying to find out once you start working on it? Um, Pedro, I should say that from an academic perspective, as we know, much of the research in this field concerns itself with description, as with explanation of public procurement reform process. In Latin American Caribbean region, more than 20 years have passed since the year before the reform began. And since then, there have been great strides in the modernization and reform of the public procurement systems. These advances have included, as I mentioned it before, have included the creation of e-procurement platforms, the establishment of more comprehensive legal frameworks, the professionalization of procurement officers, the use of procurement to promote social objectives, and the inclusion of green criteria in tendering opportunities. Public procurement reform in the region have been analyzed in issues of the impetus of the reform, the issues and constraints affecting these reforms, partial evaluations, and specific country cases. However, if you look in the literature, little has been written to identify and analyze the outcomes of these reforms and the impact that, that these reforms have had on the perception of public sector performance. So with this paper, we wanted to address those gaps in knowledge by providing a, a conceptual framework for understanding the context under which public procurement reforms are carried out, and examining what we have called the first-generation public procurement reform elements and the impact of those elements on public sector performance. Those are the improvement in regulatory systems, electronic procurement, and monitoring entities? The three of them. The creation okay. of electronic, yeah, the law, and the institutional aspect, yes. And going back to the point that you mentioned before about the policy, I think we achieved four main things that are good for our colleagues in the, in the international development field. Because first, we were able to provide a framework that connects public procurement within public sector literature, policy literature. Although this seems very obvious in the region, procurement has been an isolated topic, a ghetto topic, I should say. Uh, no, no, sorry to say that, but, but uh, the conference are like isolated from others. Sometimes we know that it is part of public sector administration, but there is a lack of understanding of its importance and the role that it plays. We have seen public procurement reforms as part of huge reforms, public financial management reforms or anti-corruption and transparency reforms, but not as a field that has its own space. So now it's more like it has its own agenda. So we add that into the map of public sector reform and the elements that are included in that. Second, we made an effort to clarify the effects of these reforms, both in Latin America and the Caribbean, because most of the literature and policy literature uh, covers Latin America, but not the Caribbean. So here we use the data set, the complete data set with Caribbean countries. And this is very interesting. Um, second, we try to make clear what was first and second generation reforms and the effects of these issues in other important sectors. Third, we demonstrated that although there is not much public procurement data, as it is in other subjects, we can use real data, especially that information that has been collected by aid agencies, international development organizations, and the countries itself. So sure, we need more data. And this has been an issue for so many years, but now we have data and we have to work with that data. So let's start to use what we have. 
And finally, uh, fourth, that was something very important to us is this is a research web with a policy perspective as well. Because sometimes you hear that research is research, full stop. If it's used, that's another stuff. However, we try to combine policy and the academic world in this paper. For the people who, who are listening to this podcast, I want to let you know that we have a big network of government procurement in the region that is called the INGP. And we have so many conferences as part of this network, um, so many trainings. And there we have heard so many people telling us that the research is very hard to understand and other papers are very light. So we wanted to combine both academics and policymakers could enjoy and use what we wrote and more important, what we found. Yeah, I think that's a very important skill. One of the things I don't like in academia in general, and I, I used to be a lawyer before I became an academic, is that so many of our colleagues write for themselves and their colleagues as well, or us, and they don't understand or they don't make an effort to actually write aiming to generate impact or at least so that their research can be understood and digested outside academia. Mm -hmm. That's great that you said that because that's what we are doing now and that's what I'm doing as part of, of this PhD that that is a very different program because it's for policy people. So that helps a lot. So you're looking at some indicators and the effects and the impact that certain reforms in public procurement had had in the Latin America and also the Caribbean. What were your main findings? I have here to make a, a clear point. These findings are for a data set that it was between 2007 and 2013. So let's make that clear first. On that regard, based on the three main areas of the procurement reform evaluated, we find out that the creation of a procurement agency had the largest impact on the development of polyprocurement systems between those years. Indeed, the increase of the scoring of polyprocurement system in the countries where a public procurement agency was created was about 0.5 points above the scoring of the public procurement system in those countries where an agency was not created. Second, there is a link between the creation of a public procurement agency and other variables of interest related to the perception of public sector performance and the competitiveness of the countries as well. So bearing in mind that you didn't analyze in detail, there are characteristics of each procurement agency because they may be different in different countries. So that is just a general... Yes, yes. But as a part of the data set, you have that. You have the mm -hmm. different characteristics. So some of them are not agency. Some of them are just entities inside a department into a, in a ministry. So the data set includes that. Mm -hmm. The effects of creating a new procurement agency were also statistically significant to explain improvements in variables such as favoritism in decisions of government officials, um, transparency of government policymaking, the government procurement of advanced technological products, and the competitive index, among others. For example, with the regard of, to the perception of favoritism in the decisions of government officials, the creation of an agency may, may have helped to improve this indicator by 2.6% as a consequence of its monitoring role, ensuring that procurement processes are carried out in accordance with the country's legal and regulatory framework in a fair and non-partial manner. Additionally, by lowering the cost for entry, the procurement processes become more competitive 
and less likely to be perceived as biased towards a particular individual or firm. On the creation of an agency had a gross impact of 9.9% on improving transparency of government policy making. This effect might be explained by the development and monitoring of technological tools, electronic platforms, for example, when public procurement agencies are fully functional and complying with transparency regulation. Second, there is a link between the creation of a public procurement agency and other variables related to the perception of public sector performance, as you can see in the paper, and the competitiveness of the countries as well. We found out that the effects of creating a new procurement agency were also statistically significant to explain improvements in variables such as favoritism in decisions of government officials, transparency of government policy making, the current procurement of advanced technological products, and the competitive index, uh, among others. For example, with regard to the perception of favoritism in the decisions of government officials, the creation of an agency may have helped to improve this indicator by 2.6% as a consequence of its monitoring role, ensuring that procurement processes are carried out in accordance with the country's legal and regulatory framework in a fair and impartial manner. In addition, by lowering the cost for entry, the procurement processes become more competitive and less likely to be perceived as biased towards a particular individual or firm. Additionally, the creation of an agency had a gross impact, and let me read this, of 9.9% on improving transparency of government policymaking. This effect might be explained by the development and monitoring of technological tools, such as the e-procurement platforms, EGP systems, when public procurement agencies are fully functional and compliant with transparency regulations. Also, the creation of an agency shows an impact on the burden of regulation, as it brings more transparency and competition when a procurement process is planned. Because of its strategic vision and understanding of the issues that are happening in the country and the needs uh, that the country has, the procurement regulatory agency is able to, to develop a clear and appropriate regulation, increasing private sector trust in public procurement and generating increased participation in the public procurement marketplace. And third, um, the most important part, I guess, is that having a public procurement agency that is fully functional is absolutely critical for the reform process itself. At least in our region, there has been a, a very important issue because an agency that is responsible for policy and monitoring is needed to balance the competing goals that the country has, whether it's fighting corruption, promoting transparency, or trying to achieve value for money, effectiveness, and efficiency. An office with just administrative functions and no strategic mandate, focusing only on transactions, is not going to be able or to have the incentives to advocate for deep and sustained reforms. In our region, legislative and technological reforms have been very, very important. But without an agency that can provide a strategic direction, leadership, and vision to leverage those changes in a holistic fashion, the reforms are going to stall or be implemented in a disjointed and piecemeal way. Can you give us examples of those agencies? Yes, sure. For example, Guyana, Guyana has a great law, and you can call Caroline Nicholas about this uh, <laughs> to ask her. She has been there for a while, and she has helped yeah, us yes. in the region for our regulatory firms. You cannot imagine how much. But they had a beautiful law, 
as we said in, in Spanish, but beautiful. But <laughs> the implementation has been very, very hard. They started last year to have a procurement entity to be responsible of the implementation of the law, bringing more transparency, to have a, a procurement system that this unit is responsible for. And this has, has been helping a lot. The same in Colombia. Colombia is a great example. Um, and, and now Colombia is very fashionable because not just because of the peace agreement that was signed yesterday, but because we're trying to modernize the um, public sector. Um, the agency is, is new. It was created in 2011, but it is starting in 2012. And these years have been very important for the country in the public procurement system because this agency has given to the public procurement system impetus. You know what I mean? Uh, now people yes, recognize what is public, public procurement. They understand. They know that they can, they can bring to the public marketplace. They can offer. They can buy. It's easy to understand. So that helps a lot. The agency helps a lot. Very well. Still on the main findings part of our conversation, mm -hmm. I found interesting in your paper that you think the regulatory regime and the, the legal framework is not as important to improve practice or to achieve the outcomes that it's supposed to achieve than in comparison with the procurement agencies. That's the reason why when I started to talk, I said, Please, we should be very careful on this. This data is between 2007 and 2013. Before 2007, I am sure we, if we go before that, we can find that the legislative and the legal framework was very important, was the mm -hmm. most important between, among those other factors. The thing is that in 2007, most of the countries already have had the, the legal framework established. Okay, but not implemented. Sense. So 2007 and 2013 was like an explosion of these entities. And I explained that in more depth in my dissertation that I call agencification. So these agencies helped of what was built during the years before 2007. I think we should make, make this point clear. So effectively what you're saying is that without the law and the regulatory framework already existing, Mm -hmm. it would be hard for the procurement agencies to actually achieve anything. Of course, of course, of course. And more in, in our region, that's very important. <laughs> no, 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 we should say that. I mean, but we, you cannot stay forever with a perfect regulatory system, um, but no one complying uh, with that regulatory framework, you know? Yes, I know, I know, I know the feeling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> very well, okay. So those are the main findings mm -hmm. of your paper. You've been very cautious saying that, okay, this is only, you only analyzed the data between 2007 and 2013. Mm -hmm. But can we extract wider application of the main findings? Do you think that they would be valid or would be useful for other areas of the world, like Africa or East Asia? Well, I think with a good data set, we could do something with Africa and Asia. And as part of my dissertation, not as part of this paper, I have been having some interviews with the specialists at the African Development Bank and the Asian Development Bank and World Bank. But it seems that they are very different in the form that they are building up their systems. And when I say system, it's not electronic system, but mm -hmm. the public procurement, all the public procurement, isomorphic uh, pressures are different. The way that the path dependency is, is very different in those regions of the world. However, if we can find good data, maybe we can 
find the same things. Agencies will help to boost the efforts of their reform. But I, I wanted to be very careful on, on that point. Of course, of course. I understand that. Your paper, as I said, was selected as one of the best papers in the International Public Procurement Conference that happened in Bali. And that's a, it's a great achievement for you to have been able to, mm -hmm. to do that as a PhD student. What else are you doing now at this moment in time in, in terms of research? So you looked at Latin America. What else are you doing for your PhD? Well, I, I'm not doing anything regarding the Caribbean right now. Maybe I will write a chapter for a, a book that is going to happen in 2017 with Inter-American Development Bank, but just focus on agencies, how, how the historical process in, in the Caribbean. But now I'm just focusing on the um, agencies, not just the departments or, or small units, but the agencies in Latin America. But I wanted to check the isomorphic pressures and the policy transfer pressures in the process when you establish this type of, of agencies. So that's what I have been doing right now. However, I think I, I want to mention something, if you don't mind. Sure. Because we have been doing some other stuff. And I think the wider applications of these main findings could be from different sides. So from the countryside, I'm sure when the conference of the... Um, regional network and public procurement that is going to happen in November in Jamaica, I'm sure the countries will talk about these issues. And I am really sure that those countries that do not have this type of entities can learn a lot on their benefits and their impact, um, not just for the procurement system, but for the public sector as well. So they can sell more easily this type of reforms to their ministers. And others that have the agency in paper will understand the importance of the implementation of this innovation because sometimes they have it there in the law, but they haven't had the time, the money, or the willingness to make it real. For the donors, it shows how the reform has succeeded in the region, how much money, how much of the money that have been provided for the strengthening of the procurement system is having a real effect. Actually, in the paper, you will see that, that we found how was improvement related to each dollar that was provided by the Inter-American Development Bank. So that was a good one for us. But again, <laughs> it provides a snapshot on what is happening in their sector. So that's good for, for them to, to know how we are right now. So I think that's the wider application of the paper. One final quick question to wrap up the interview. What future steps are you going to take in terms of research? First, keep collating data. Um, <laughs> yes, because we need to collect data and yes. um, um, we're doing this in the countries, uh, donors. Um, maybe you can have another podcast on the methodology for the assessment of public procurement system that we have been working with the OECD. They have it right now for discussions in, in its website. So they're reviewing it at the moment. Yeah, they're reviewing it. We did everything. We, we were part of the task force that reviewed the tool. So... That would be very important to us because for developing countries, we use that to monitor the reform. The country data as well, the initiative of open contracting and, or open data uh, have been helping a lot in this task. So we will keep collecting data. Though, um, second, more research, more focused research, maybe about each innovation or change, especially EGP or green procurement entities or so forth. 
I know right now, and I mentioned it before, that the Inter-American Development Bank is going to do a publication on the Caribbean this year. Uh, this will be done by, by Leslie Harper. Um, we should have more research on the quantitative impact of the reforms because mostly the, the literature that we have is anecdotal. Probably the analysis of the second generation reforms in public procurement, no. gender criteria, green criteria in tendering. Third future step is to complete my dissertation work, crossing <laughs> my fingers on this. I, I really, I, I think it's time. That should be the first one, I would say. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, but, but for the team that, that wrote the paper, I mean, I was, I was trying to be fair with them and say, well, we will be collecting data, we will do more yeah. research. But yeah, you are totally right. For me, it's completed, completed my dissertation. That's the reason why now I'm on a leaf, <laughs> if I should say that. Yeah. Just to finish my, my dissertation work. And I will let you know about that for sure. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. I think that's a, a great way to finish the podcast. Anna, thank you very much for coming. Oh, thank you so much for this. I really appreciate that, that you're inviting us. You can find me at my blog, Tales.eu, or on Twitter, where I use two handles, at Detic for general discussion and at Polyprocure for public procurement-related topics. As ever, I'm very grateful for the support of the British Academy Rising Star Engagement Awards, which made possible this podcast. If you like the show, it would be really helpful if you could rate it on iTunes so that you can help others finding it. Till next time.